Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening and making commitment to your learning. We hope that you are doing well and amazing this week. <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Yvonne Brandenburg, and I'm joined by the amazing Jordan Porter, who, you know, did some rock star stuff this week and did a bunch of overnights. Yeah, I did. That's probably <laughs> why I look so, like, I, I just look grungy today. I just. It's okay, because nobody can see you, so you can just pretend you look fabulous. I pretend most of the time anyway. <laughs> I think that's a vet tech thing. We're like, yeah. we're fine. No, that's yeah, not blood and anal glands on us. That's fine. <laughs> I did three overnight shifts because like, um, I was trying to help out my office manager normally does our overnight shifts because we aren't technically a full like 24 hour ER. So we, when we have inpatients, we do overnights. So, um, I remember those days. I yeah. don't miss them. It actually wasn't horrible. Um, but she's studying for like a big board test as well. And so I was trying to help her like, just keep her schedule the same. Mm. The only night I had a hard night was like Wednesday night, yeah. which is crazy too. Cause Tuesday night, we only had one inpatient. And so I was like, how am I possibly going to stay awake? Plus I worked Tuesday day. I went home, took a nap and then came back to work. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and then, but Wednesday night, I really, it. I really struggled, even though we had four inpatients. Dude, I remember Wednesday night because <laughs> we we were talking. I was yeah. like, let's keep Jordan awake. And it's great when there's a three hour time difference because like 11 o'clock for me was two o'clock in the morning for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you helped keep me up for a while. And then I guess like, I guess Thursday day, my staff had like, do just from like the day from hell. Like it was oh, just like no. so busy. It worked out for me though, because like I got a text, like when I woke up from my nap, and they're like, we're really sorry. The place is a mess. And my one coworker, she was like, but I guess you'll stay awake. And I was like, no, actually like, thank you. Like, cause dude, I spent four hours cleaning and like just restocking and holy moly. And I was like, you guys kept me up till 3am just like being able to clean. And like, cause they did, they used all the scopes. So I had to clean all the scopes. Um, <laughs> and then it was just like, it was just, dirty it was just a crazy day it oh, just man. yeah it just looked like it was a crazy day and so I was like dude I'm really sorry like about how your day went and they're like no I mean like we managed like we got out mostly on time and like they're like we're really sorry we left a huge mess for you I was like well don't apologize because it kept me awake and like, <laughs> right. it was like it was something refreshing about just being able to just like simply just stock and organize yeah like especially after a day like that plus like it made me feel good because then when they came in for Friday which I was anticipating like being a crazy day I was like you guys are fully stocked now and like you don't have to do anything and just focus on the day and like I just, nice yeah also you guys won't hear puppies this afternoon because they're all downstairs Ugh. you mean you might hear them in the like distant distant distance three of them have gone I to homes Wow. I kind of liked having the puppies in the background. I, you know, tried not to edit too much of it out last week. I know. There was a couple I had to, cause I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can just go ahead and bring one up and then they can just bark at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Riley specifically who likes to just sit behind me and bark at me. Oh my God. 
if I look him in the eyes, he just like, he's like, woof. Yeah. you're like oh you're super dominant great he's actually not though like he lets huh. all the others like he just likes to just just make eye contact you. and like just wolf at me oh my god that's funny and um I think out of all of them the only like super dominant one is Bonnie mm. um so she's like the alpha of the puppy pack yeah cute yeah um, and she definitely puts everybody in their place. Her and Katie like to butt heads a little bit. And so mm. they both like to try to both be like the dominant one, but not like with each other. Like both of them are just like, we're the top bitches here. And <laughs> <laughs> like all you male like, puppies. Come on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. That's so funny. Cause you had mostly males, right? Yes. That's yeah. So crazy. There was eight males and four females. Dang. I just, I can't, I still can't get over the fact that she had 12 puppies plus three that didn't make it. Like, I just, yeah. that is insane. No wonder she oh. was as giant as a house. She looked like a goat. And it's <sighs> crazy too, because like, so she's even showing like personality of being a dog. Aww, and um, she's like, like, finally. Oh my God. You should see her. Like now when she tries to play, she'll play with Zara. She plays with the puppies and she gets so excited when we all get home and like, she bounces and like hops and stuff like that. No. And just like, acts like, and my husband was like, this is seriously like why I love that we are able to do this because like to see the change in a dog's personality and attitude from going from like, holy shit, what's going on. And like, let me be overly protective and just be like, I don't trust anybody to like, I'm home and this is amazing. And like, when are we going for a car ride? And like, Matt was just like, this is like, even to just watch her go from skinny. You've had her what? eight weeks now right? I think you got her the same time I got my cat, which is really Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause I got her on Easter. (laughs) Wow. Crazy. So Matt's like in love with the fact that like he can just watch her change because she went from being super skinny and emaciated to pretty grungy looking just with her hair coat and stuff. Um, to like now being like a real dog. Get to like a good place. Oh, that's cute. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we're still looking for our farm because I mean, I need it now. So, for all your dogs if anybody in Bluffton, <laughs> south carolina wants to buy my house um let me know <laughs> great it's been oh. very lived in <laughs> there's a lot of puppy like things going on <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so it's been it's been fun though i mean like i'm sad to see them go but they're all going to really good homes yeah that'll be fun and they're not all going at once which is nice like I think I'm not getting rid of the next one for like another week or so. And so nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, cause so you've had Pooh and the puppies about the same time as, as I've had kissy and he's, yeah. he's so crazy. It's cute though, because like his personality is kind of coming out and he's trying to, I think he's, I mean, obviously it's only been two months, so I think he's still trying to figure out everything. Um, yeah. And like him and Nikki, like we'll get into it, but Nikki's definitely always been like the dominant one in the house. Like he's usually chill, but he is definitely dominant. So every once in a while, like Kissy will just like go up to him and like try to rub on him and like lean, like, I don't know. He wants to be as close as physically possible to Nicodemus. And Nikki just like, will grab him by the back of the neck and Kissy just starts like mixing muffins and just like, and I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. It's so funny. I love to watch animals get their personality when they're like uncomfortable. Well, and I just took both of them to the vet on, I took them to work on, 
I think it was Thursday. I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Cause of course, why would my brand new animal be normal? No, no, he's got to have problems. So he's, uh, cause he's just, so he's about, he's a little over a year. And I've noticed when we first got him, he was kind of itchy. And I put like flea medication on him. Cause I'm like, I have no idea where, where, what you were dealing with. And, um, and he did some vomiting and I was like, Hmm. <laughs> and he was just really itchy and vomiting. And Nicodemus had been on a like novel protein diet before, but he's got kidney disease. So I said, whatever, let's try, let's try the Royal Canaan multi-care, like the, the hydrolyzed protein and renal. And Nikki loves it. He thinks it's great. So he was totally eating it. And then Kiss was like, oh, I really like it. So he started eating it. And I was like, I had to figure out if it was okay for him. Cause I'm like, you don't have kidney disease. Like, this is fine. And my doctors are like, yeah, he's old enough. It's not an issue. So that's what they're eating. And I'm like, oh, you're itching a little bit less. I was like, well, was that the flea medication or the food? I'm still, I don't know. <laughs> so he's vomiting. Of course he's vomiting. Why would he not be vomiting? It is mostly some hairballs, but he's still vomiting. And, you know, we believe there's no such thing as normal cat vomiting. Yeah. I like and then, uh, when you say I know, this. I get so angry about it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he like coughed twice. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I mean, I'm kind of glad that you said coughing. Cause like my heart inst- or like my brain instantly went to heart related stuff. Oh, <laughs> like- oh, instantly. I was like, oh my God, he's young. He's got HCM. He's going to die. Oh my God. <laughs> he's got, he's got, um, a GI lymphoma. I'm like, he's one years old. He does not have GI lymphoma, but again, instantly my brain goes there and I was like, Oh my God. So we took him in anyways, his blood work looks mostly okay. Um, like his basophils and his lymphocytes are kind of up, but now we're thinking maybe like parasite infection, his ultrasound, he has some lymph nodes in his abdomen that are kind of big, but they're kind of weird. And my doctor's like, kind of makes sense for parasites because it's intestines aren't thick and She's like, he's young. It could just be normal lymph nodes for him. Yeah. And then we did chest x-rays and she was like, at first she was like, oh, his heart looks kind of big. And I was like, what? And then we had the rad review and they're like, perfectly good chest rads. And I was like, thank God. So I don't have to worry about heart disease. And they're like, no reason for coughing in this chest. And I was like, thank God. Um, Cause if he would have said it was mildly large, I would have immediately had my cardiologist take a look at him before he leaves. Cause he's leaving soon, which drives me crazy that he's going to be gone. Cause then yeah, we don't right. have a cardiologist. Um, Does yeah. So, to be moving to Savannah, Georgia. Uh, no, he's, he's moving to upstate New York. I was Lame. like, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't think I'm moving there anytime soon. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that's fun. So I got to figure out, I'm pretty sure we're pretty sure he probably has something infectious parasite because he did come from like a house full of 30 plus cats. That's kind of where he came Whoa. from. Yeah. It was like a hoarding situation. <laughs> and I was like, Oh God. Okay, great. Um, but it sounds like my house just with cats <laughs> instead of dogs. <sighs> yeah. So we're waiting for like some of those results to come back, but I was like, can you, can you not, can you not be an internal medicine patient? It's kind of like Pua. Can you not be an internal medicine patient? <laughs> right. As I'm sending the puppies home, I'm telling the owners, 
I'm like, so Pua has Ehrlichia. There's a chance that it can, like, that the puppies can test positive for Ehrlichia too. I'm just letting you know. I was like, because I picked her up off the street. It's like, you're getting a street dog, basically. Like, right. right. So yeah, I'm just informing them that, like, there's that potential. I mean, like, let's be real. I'll probably end up with one of the ones that has Ehrlichia. So <laughs> hopefully, I mean, like, I don't want to put that on anybody else. Right. Yeah. No kidding. If not, I mean, I have my own like blood donor program going on strong. <laughs> if they all test negative. <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what We're I told my boss. <laughs> Dude. So we were weighing Mumu, which I posted on like my Facebook and my Instagram, like progression pictures of Mumu yeah. from two days old to two weeks old to seven weeks old. They're, and, like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. I should post that in the Facebook group. Um, but he, he's the biggest and he's <laughs> predicted to be about 105 pounds, like with some like online puppy calculator, like weight thingy. Oh my God. So yeah, I was telling my boss, I was like, well, blood's super hard to come by. So I was like, as long as the, these all test like, negative all these... for everything, there's I a was lot. Like, yeah. Like in a year, I was like, dude, we have like <laughs> a solid blood bank (laughs) (laughs) right oh my god like 12 just giant puppies (laughs) yeah because like obviously I'm gonna keep in touch with all of them too so it's like and then we won't even discuss all the ones that we're planning on keeping so it's like I just oh my god I can't right now with you I know I know (laughs) I have a problem it's a dog. So does my husband. Problem. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how everybody has like those trinkets that they collect around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Here's their dogs. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's my collection. <laughs> nice. Good like job. I thought it used to be records, like all the records behind me here in my office. Like. Aww. But no, like I think it's dogs. <laughs> I probably have the same number of dogs as I do. Like, no, I I have actually a ton of records, but um, vinyl records. So in case those young people don't know what that means. Yeah, I know. The round things that play music before CDs. We actually have a pretty rare one. It's on the um, wall over there. It's called Introducing the Beatles. It came out right before Meet the Beatles came out. Um, Mm. It's like virtually like the same album, but like the Introducing the Beatles was like, like they only made a few of those. And like Matt's dad found it in a dumpster. Oh my God. Like back in the seventies, obviously like whenever it came out. Um, (laughs) Right. So yeah, we have that. And um I don't know. There's a bunch of like Black Sabbath and the Doors and stuff like that up there. Nice. Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we have like um, Ted Nugent and uh, Joe Walsh and like I don't know. We just have a bunch of like old records. That's cool though. Yeah. Um, we should probably start this episode, but I just want to yeah. say because we do have like. So two years ago, as of recording today, two years ago today, I was I in the middle of my test, like at this time. So what it would have been well, 930 in the morning, 930 in the morning in Phoenix. Yep. And I was testing. I think I came out of the test around 10, somewhere between 10 and 1030. That's so crazy. Um, Which is crazy because for me, it was five years ago, Whoa. which I can't believe I'm recertifying this year. And what we're talking about, in case you have no idea what we're talking about, is the Academy for Internal Medicine for Vet Techs. It is ACVM 
forum week, which is our favorite week of the year. Unfortunately, since Jordan tested, it has been virtual. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, which I mean, like, <laughs> I'm like, dang it. I'm like, thank God that I didn't have to like try to do this all virtually just because I'm so oh, I know. neurotic I, in general. Honestly, I feel, I, I feel bad slash compassionate to the people that are doing the testing virtually. Yeah. Um, because last year we didn't have board exams because it was all the COVID stuff just happened so close to ACBIM that we just canceled it because we couldn't logistically just get it done by June. Cause I think everything kind of shut down like April and it was just like, it was like March and April and we just couldn't get everything together in like a month or two. Like it just, it wasn't logistically it. So we didn't have boards last year. Um, we're going to have them on Tuesday, which when this episode goes live, it is Tuesday. So, um, by the way, I just have to say this congratulations to everyone who sits for the exam today on Tuesday, June. What is that? The 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 eighth, June 8th, 2021. Um, whether you pass or not, it makes no difference. The fact that you got to the boards is amazing. You should take a chance to just say, thank God, (laughs) and be proud of the fact that your application was accepted, that you sat for the boards and, you know, whether you pass or fail again, you should be extremely proud of yourself. So congratulations to everyone who's sitting for their boards today. And then um, we'll say another congratulations when all of you pass, because I have faith in you. (laughs) I know. I would love to be able to go to like, I mean, we did my virtual pinning last year. Yeah. But there was talk of like still doing like pinning by the time like we go to ACVM again, which was supposed to be this year. And then I'm like, dude, my pinning is just like my real pinning is just going (laughs) to like, (laughs) oh my God. But how fun would that be if you get pinned next year? With because all you the would people. get the people from this year that you get to like pin with. Mm-hmm. And we large know group. some of those people because yeah, we do. you guys are going to pass because um, you guys are going to pass. <laughs> There's some people that are probably listening to this episode, but uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so congratulations, guys. And I think... Um, Deep breath, square breathing, like we talked about. about. <laughs> Um, we also wanted to say a huge congrats because we know of two of our members in the internal medicine from vet techs membership, um, Megan and Gemma. So they're both sitting today. I told them we would do a virtual toast. So one quick virtual toast on the podcast for you guys, and then we'll figure out some time for us to all meet up. Um, I think I was going to send you guys an email and try to figure out when we can just at least say hi and decompressed from right. <laughs> sitting for boards, but congratulations everyone. Um, and, uh, we can't wait to say that you are members in our Academy because we need more of us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so hopefully you guys pass your boards and get to be VTSs and you can be like, yep, I'm a VTS now too. <laughs> uh, any, any other things we need to touch on before we jump into this episode? Oh, um, oh, I want to say a quick thank you actually, before I forget, thank you to everyone who, uh, joined me on the VSPN respiratory lecture, um, series in 
May. It just finished up. So it was, it was really cool. So if any of you guys were in that class, let me know because say, hey. Oh, yeah. Which reminds me because ACVM goes live this oh, week. Oh, that's right. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> it goes live starting, I think, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, Wednesday. All the live stuff starts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so look out for my lectures. Let me know and give me some feedback because that was difficult to do. Like, and I I'm, think yours are on demand, right? Yeah. Mine are both on demand. So there's like nursing for the critical patient, uh, or like nursing care for the critical patient and then client communication, like a veterinary yeah. technician's role. Yeah. Um, and I think the on demand stuff is available once you've signed up, I think it's two or three months is what it is for the yeah. on demand stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. I'm excited. I'm gonna go check it out too, Jordan. <laughs> it's just like it was. It was different because I guess I'm used to like being able to see some sort of feedback, so I can, yeah, like, you know, versus like just, I was just talking to myself, and it's like <laughs> it's very different than when you and I do a podcast episode. <laughs> yes, it's like very different. There's no like interaction or yeah. feedback or even just like. I can't tell if people are bored with what I'm saying or like, or <laughs> like, really... I hope this isn't too dry. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> or like, they seem really interested in a specific thing that I'm talking about that I should yeah. go into further detail. Like, it was just like, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know how to read this. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to do like an actual like live lecture someday. Cause like, that was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> live lectures. It's, I prefer live lectures. It, they're I just... mean, even guess, this, even this, it's not live, but yeah. So I, like the podcast yeah. isn't like live, but it's just, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's different. I guess it was a good way to like dip my toes into lecturing because then yeah. like, it kind of took away like the nervousness of being stared at um, <laughs> by people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like that maybe, probably maybe sometime that you and I can do like a lecture at a conference together. Like how, how ridiculous would that be? be so much fun that'd be a lot of fun but it's I, th I feel like that would be a lot of fun yeah I think it'd be better than this just one of us doing something yeah we definitely got to start doing things together because <laughs> I was like I don't have anybody to banter with and like <laughs> right oh my gosh it's so funny yeah we're a team <sighs> we're a double package <laughs> right exactly so much so, so much more fun. Apparently people tell us this anyways. I mean, I think it's a lot more fun when it's me and you versus just me. <laughs> true. True. So, anyway, speaking <sighs> of us speaking together, let's dive into this week's topic. Yeah. That is not yet race approved. Again, working on it. We're, get, we're working getting closer. Um, but you can definitely still get it for self-study. Um, but once we do get it race approved, we'll let everybody know, but you can go to the internal medicine for membership.com site and take the quiz and get your certificate. Um, but this week we're talking about, uh, just, uh, uh that's <laughs> right, not quite what it sounds like. It sounds more like, <laughs> <laughs> that's more what what sounds like i'm not sure if anybody knows what disease we're talking about i mean they, they have to well we already discussed larpar so they're they're like you sound like a pug yeah uh, <laughs> so cephalic airway obstruction syndrome or b-a-o-s i've never referred to it as b-a-o-s i was just like it's brachycephalic syndrome that's that's what i referred to it as so yeah uh, yeah. <sighs> short, short yeah. face problems. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad people don't have this problem. 
Uh, could you imagine like (laughs) no that'd be horrible it'd be horrible well let's let's talk about what it means it's kind of it's kind of interesting so anatomy of this right so it's technically called achondroplasia so it's a hereditary condition in which the growth of the long bones by ossification of cartilage is retarded um resulting in very short limbs and sometimes a face that is small in relation to the normal sized skull. Um, y'all know what this looks like. Pugs. Frenchies. Frenchies. English bulldogs. So all those smushy faced. Most of the times we think of dogs, but there are cats as well that kind of yeah. fall into this category. Persians. So can't, can't say that it's not cats as well. So basically no. what happens is the soft tissues compared to the bones are hyperplastic. So what happens is it causes respiratory as well as gastrointestinal disorders. And it's funny because I don't think I ever really think of the gastrointestinal disorder, but as I was reading it, I was like, Oh yeah. Like they all have it. <laughs> Would a hiatal hernia fall? I mean, that falls under gastrointestinal it, it does, disorder. It does. It does fall into this, which is kind of crazy. So that's all I think about when you say like GI problems along with like the respiratory problems. Cause I'm like, it's like all those Frenchies I've seen with hiatal hernias. Right. Exactly. So the first part of it that we all kind of think of is respiratory, right? So we have our primary part of the respiratory problem, which is stenotic nares, right? So tiny, tiny little nose holes that basically let no air through i really um, love your hand gestures i know like while we're recording even though nobody guys, can see it can you even see it i look like I'm you can hear it you nose. can hear the difference though between like you talking and touching your nose and like that's right you guys <laughs> get to see it as this is why we need to do live lectures so you can see me stick my fingers up my nose <laughs> yes, as we're talking, because in case you can't picture your own version of stenotic narrates, Yvonne can act it out for you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh my God. I think all the sleep deprivation is going to get to me today, and I'm just going to be giggling. <sighs> yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> needs sleep in three days? Not kind this girl. Overrated. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, um, so stenotic narrates are little nose holes. And then an elongated soft palate, right? So those are the things that we consistently think of with brachycephalic syndrome. So the problem is the the elongated soft palate, the stenotic nares, we get this secondary stuff that's related to it. It's caused by the increased pressures and all that, which is um, everted laryngeal saccules. So the, the saccules that we look at, if they're out, we can see that. Uh, laryngeal collapse. And, um, so that's because again, increased pressures. And so the laryngeal area collapses, not tracheal collapse, but laryngeal collapse. And then we can also get pulmonary edema, which that's crazy to me that we can get pulmonary edema because of brachycephalic syndrome. I want to know too. I mean, I guess maybe we need to have an episode on this because this is what I'm thinking of too. Do you think that all these problems too could cause, cause you know how like uh, a lung lobe torsion is common in pugs. Hmm. I like, mean, I wonder I, what the cause, like the specific, I need to research this. It's I interesting. Guess. 
I didn't even realize it was common in pugs. I've only seen like a couple, which is in pugs, probably. Mm, No, I don't know if I've ever seen it in a pug. I mean, honestly, I think I've seen it maybe two or three times. I mean, I guess not super common. I guess most of the time it's like trauma related. Yeah. I don't know. That could be, that totally could be an episode. Yeah. Just because Um, like, I remember, I remember when we had a pug, my boss was saying like, it's specific for the breed. Huh. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's kind of like GDV for the other breed dogs, right? Yeah. So so if you have a super wide chest, giant chest compared to the rest of them. Yeah. It's not deep chested. It's just wide giant compared to everything else in them okay i'm sorry i'm getting off topic um yeah, but but, the, but they are just like it's the, it's that confirmation thing right like you got funky confirmation things gonna go wrong it's funny because like i mean i am gonna let you get back on topic here but my <laughs> boss and i were talking so my office manager and i were talking one night when i went in for my overnight shift about making t-shirts for us um but <laughs> god what what did it say something about basically just picking fun at just working in internal medicine and how Mm. we're all like neurotic. Yeah. Um, but, Oh, it said, hold on one second. Let me overthink this. And (laughs) she was like, she's like, I don't know if I should get it for me, for you or for Dr. Woods. I was like, let's just get it for all of us. I was like, it could just be the new SBIM shirt. And she's like, exactly. She's like, we're going to, damn it. Uh, I was like, she's like, we're going to, tr- like, we know that something comes in probably has this one disease, but we're going to think of all these other diseases that we know it's probably not. And we're going to rule out all these other diseases and still yet come back to the one that we knew it was from the get go. Right. But like have to go through all, like, just because we all overthink, we're like, well, I mean, like it could be this, it's probably not, but it could be. So we must rule it out. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to making a shirt that says that. Just saying. Hold on, let's overthink this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it. I think it might be necessary. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, especially with all of our like differential diagnostics and and di- we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, all the see, stuff the- we do in internal medicine to rule everything under the sun out. Yeah, because we overthink everything. This is this was just me thinking about how I was overthinking a lung low torsion in pugs. Right, exactly. Once we talk about stenotic nares and elongated soft palate. <laughs> yeah. So um, in brachycephalic syndrome, one of the other things that happens in respiratory is um, because of like the chronic hypoxemia that happens, right? <laughs> They're not breathing well. They're chronically just running hypoxemic. So what can happen is with that, it can lead to um, pulmonary vasoconstriction because the body says we're not getting enough oxygen. So I'm going to constrict down and conserve things. Well, what happens with that is you get pulmonary hypertension and then you get this condition called core pulmonale, which I had to Google to see what, I mean, I had to look it up. I didn't just Google. I had to look up what that means, but that means abnormally high resistance to the passage of blood flow through the lungs. So core pulmonale is um, high resistance of blood flow in the lungs, which ends up leading towards right-sided heart failure. So it's just kind of a crazy situation, depending on how bad they are just respiratory alone, you can get pulmonary hypertension, pulmonary edema, laryngeal collapse, right-sided heart failure, just because of respiratory stuff. The other part of this is the gastrointestinal side, which 
they're because of the brachycephalic airway syndrome, they can have defective emptying of the upper gastrointestinal tract, which causes irritation to the pharyngeal region and causes more inflammation. <laughs> so it's like, cool. So the increased inflammation increases respiratory effort, which causes even more gastroesophageal reflex, Yeah, <laughs> which is a just giant vicious cycle of hypoxemia and GI disease and blah, blah, blah. We'll talk more about it in a minute, but this is, this is what happens. So when we think about it, all of our smushy face dogs that come in, it may not be IBD at all. It could be their brachycephalic airway obstruction syndrome. My mind was blown this week. Blown. Right. <laughs> so in case I mean, we should know better know. that like inflammation just causes like hell all over the entire yeah. body. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so how are brachycephalic airways, uh, syndrome patients come in, how it presents some of the history stuff, right? Common breeds, smushy face dogs. So our bulldogs, English and French, Boston Terriers, Pugs, Shih Tzu, Pekingese, Boxer, not all of Boxers, but some of them. And then, um, with cats, I think Jordan, you mentioned it, uh, like the Persian, Persians and Himalayans. <laughs> Cause I forgot to write them down, but mushy <laughs> baits cats. Um, it is, it is more common to really see it with dogs though, than cats, but we can't rule them out for some of this. The, uh, common age of presentation is about three to four years of age for having issues. And, and, and the reason for that is prior to that, <laughs> Owners just think it's normal for the breed and don't really do anything about it because it's quote unquote normal for the breed until there becomes a problem. Yep. <sighs> so normal for the breed. I know it's like everybody just says, oh, it's normal for the breed. And they don't really think about it. And what's quote unquote normal for the breed is the respiratory signs. So a mix of inspiratory and expiratory effort and noise. Like I just picture these breeds and it's just like, yep, it's quote unquote normal for the breed. Please revert back to the noise that Yvonne made at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> if you're unsure. Great. I'm not going to do it again. So there. <laughs> um, Love you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, snoring with stirter or strider. Um, coughing can be part of it. Throat clearing. So these things are kind of like, oh, it's quote unquote normal for the breed. And most people don't think anything about it and don't take their dogs to their vet. And because we're probably their dog like sniffs something and goes, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> throat clearing. <laughs> yes. That's a, thank you, Jordan. That was, not me. That was <laughs> I figured I would just throw one in there too. Thanks. I'm telling you, uh, this lack of sleep thing just makes me crazy. Nice. <sighs> um, so these are all things that clients are guilty of saying is normal. And then I think we veterinary professionals are also a little bit teeny bit prejudiced and say For it's sure. normal as well. And we don't always recommend correction of these issues before there becomes like an acute respiratory distress 
thing. So respiratory signs past just like the quote unquote normal is cyanosis. (laughs) Um, It's probably a good thing to talk to owners of puppies of these breeds of what the heck cyanosis is (laughs) and what to look for and to know it's an emergency situation. Like it's not just whatever um, syncope, because again, they, they're not breathing so they can have syncopal episodes. And then of course the acute respiratory distress that most of the times happens because of like excitement or, or just a, you know, I don't know. They saw a squirrel, <laughs> you know, um, I think a nail trims. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Just general, like little dog breakies of all dogs screaming. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's the stress thing, right? That sets them off. Yeah. So we also have the gastrointestinal signs. So vomiting, um, and this is vomiting usually contains like gastric juices or food kind of indicating that there's excessive gastric retention. So it's not emptying the way it should. Um, they could have regurgitation eructation. Um, it's like the herpy thing. We just kind of call it regurg at my clinic, but technically it, it is a little bit different. Um, we just call it herpiness. Yeah. I'm like herpy. Yeah. yeah. Cause like one of my patients I had overnight this week was, um, it was my megasophagus dog, my boss's dog. Yeah. And he was herpy. Oh, he just, and then like lick his lips a little bit and just yeah. poor Bobo. He's so yeah. sweet. It's funny because you mentioned the mega esophagus dog and like, I was going to ask you if it was your boss's dog and I didn't, I should have just asked it. I, t- I was telling her about how I talked about Bo on my podcast <laughs> because so naturally, like I said, back in that episode, he starts showing signs mm. of just like, he wears his like emotions on his sleeve, Mr. Bo. Mm. And, um, he just started not feeling well. And I was like, oh, he's getting pneumonia. And like, now he's coughing, but it took him two or three days to start coughing. And like, uh. he just wasn't eating well. He had a fever and high whites. Um, so we started treating him before he started coughing Aww, just because, poor guy. you know, yeah. And he was just, he, just and re- he was regurging water and like, there's a poor dude. Uh. I think it's, I think we ran a spec CPL on him. I, I don't think it wasn't back by the time I got off work at eight. Um, mm. but I'm sure it was high. He looked, he looked like he didn't feel well, but He's home today. He's doing good. Oh, good. The other thing, um, the other GI signs these guys can have is excessive drooling and repeated swallowing. And part of that could be from like regurge and just not feeling great and not things not emptying the way they should. And then the other thing is gas, grass ingestion and other pica. So just eating stuff that they really shouldn't be. And this could be because their stomach just doesn't feel good. Um, so I think we get guilty in internal medicine of thinking it could just be IBD or some other inflammatory thing when it really could be from their brachycephalic syndrome, um, issues, which is crazy because they have, um, excessive growth of some of their tissues, which causes problems. And we'll talk about that in a second. So, the uh, things we'll notice on a physical exam, um, so their breathing pattern really should be observed. So taking a look at them and um, with our brachycephalic dogs, kind of what happens is their, their inspiratory dyspnea, 
um, occurs. And that is corrected by open mouth breathing that only happens if the nares are involved in the syndrome. So if they don't have stenotic nares, they're not really going to do that. But if they have stenotic nares, they're going to open their mouth to help breathe. And it's not, not just panting, but yes, panting is usually involved, but just like, they just like to breathe through their mouth because their nose is like Twizzler or Twizzle sticks or whatever those things are called that are teeny tiny little nose holes. If the soft palate is elongated, then what we're going to see is the laryngeal saccules and or the laryngeal collapse is going to be there. And then you're going to see dyspnea on inspiratory and expiratory. So again, you're looking like, where is the trouble breathing? Is it on inspiration? Is it on expiration? What are they doing with their nose? What are they doing with their mouth? And you just kind of look for them to see what is happening. Then if you have severe inspiratory, or excuse me, the severity of inspiratory dyspnea depends on the length and congestion of the soft palate. Because again, you can get inflammation of the soft palate from the sucking of the soft palate back and forth into the trachea up against the trachea and blah, blah, blah. So you can actually get swelling there. So that's why, um, that's why a lot of times these kids will go into a respiratory distress because they've, they've caused some inflammation. The inflammation causes more obstruction and then the obstruction makes it harder to breathe. So that causes more inflammation and just becomes this really bad, vicious cycle. Um, so we just kind of need to look for that. The other thing in the obstruction, obstructive breathing pattern is slow inspiration followed by rapid expiration. So this is, um, like they just breathe slowly because a lot of times it's, I, it's not, the tubes aren't big enough. (laughs) So it's like breathing through a straw. So you got to go slow to get the same amount of air in, but then they like push it out because they need another breath. Um, so if you've ever, if you've ever taken a breath through a straw, you kind of know what it feels like. Um, and that happens if the airway diameter is more than 50% compromised. So, um, so it's just, it's, it's just one of those crazy things. So, um, it would suck being able to like live your whole life, like not being able to breathe well. Right. Like your, your trachea is just too small for you. It's just so sad. In a brachycephalic breed compared to their trachea, it's usually less than 50% causes an issue in a non-brachycephalic breed because their tube is bigger. They can actually have more than 50% of their airway diameter being compromised to cause a problem. So they just, the brachycephalics, because their tracheas are smaller for their body size anyways, it takes less of a compromise to that to cause a problem. Whereas like, if you have a giant tube, you can squish it more before there's a problem. The other thing in the breathing pattern is the greatest amount of airway noise is going to be at the larynx. So, um, if you're listening, that's what you would hear is like the larynx is kind of loud because again, it's obstruction of that space. And then we just want to make sure that we're listening to the lung fields, um, 
and and it, the problem is if you've ever listened to a brachycephalic dog um it can be difficult <laughs> because yeah, of just like reverberation like, all from I the hear upper, is airway. Up, upper airway that's it so all i hear is snorting right snorting coughing pant crazy panting all that stuff <sighs> yeah well we didn't touch on hiatal hernia so too much no and i think like i think part of that is um because they're hyperplastic they just get excessive growth of so many things which is crazy yes and if you don't know what a hiatal hernia is it's like the stomach is going up like into folds the into esophagus. the esophagus yeah. so you have the cardiac sphincter which is at the very bottom of the esophagus going into the stomach and some of that tissue just pooches up into the esophagus which is really weird yeah. and they call it like a sliding hiatal hernia but it's because of all that pressure of like trying to inhale mm-hmm. and like the stomach just gets like sucked up into the esophagus which causes regurgitation and vomiting and nausea um it's a common brachycephalic yeah. thing um it's sliding because it goes in and out yep. when they're breathing <laughs> um, which is why symptoms aren't always people like i feel like i have clients complain well he he was doing so good for like two weeks and then he got excited and now he's regurging again and i'm like yep yep <laughs> you're like that's that's how it goes yeah because and that's the same thing with like the the soft palate right if you get inflammation, then it's even worse. And it's the same thing with the stomach tissues that are being sucked up into the esophagus that causes inflammation. So it, once that, like, (laughs) this is how I explain it to people to understand. It's like when you bite your cheek, (laughs) right? You bite your cheek, it gets inflamed and then you just keep biting it (laughs) because now it's in the way. So it's kind of the same idea with like, if you've got inflammation of the stomach wall, that's going into the esophagus, it's inflamed. It's causing a problem. So, so for these kids, for diagnostics, um, usually like lab work wise, most of the times they're totally normal chemistries. Um, we'll see sometimes in a CBC that the PCV may be increased a little bit, um, just because of the whole mild to moderate hypoxemia. Um, and it kind of like, if you think of your high altitude patients, when you get the um, PCV increase just to carry more oxygen, that's the, that's the same idea. Um, but usually lab work is, is boring and normal. You can do yep. imaging on these guys. Um, so x-rays. You can do an x-ray to look at the larynx, which is really weird because I don't think we ever do it, but you can. Um, Yeah, no, we don't do that either. And you can see the soft palate is elongated and actually goes into the rima glottidis. (laughs) I know, it's like, it's a fancy word. Um, And so it basically is like going into the the laryngeal area. (laughs) So when we intubate and we see it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you can do is you can compare the diameter of the trachea at the thoracic inlet compared to the tracheal lumen. Um, And so in non-brachycephalic breeds, the normal ratio of tracheal diameter to 
um, or tracheal lumen, excuse me, or diameter to thoracic inlet is greater than 0 0.2. Um, in bulldogs, theirs is 0 0.1. Um, and that's just kind of quote unquote common for their breed. <laughs> and they say that uh, English bulldogs have the highest incidence of a hypoplastic trachea um, at 55% of them. I wouldn't be surprised if it's getting higher with all the breeding that's happening, but. Right. No. Um, so the other thing, like the, the, in an, in a non brachycephalic breed dog, uh, hypoplastic trachea, the ratio um, is usually two or three compared to the dog like it's just it's just amazing the difference is basically what I'm trying to say <laughs> I read it like I had to read like this whole um do you ever go on like the NDI the yeah so I was reading this whole art abstract article and I was trying to understand what they were saying but like it's just the ratio is crazy the normal ratios are totally different for for bulldogs and it's crazy um, heart or chest rads can also show pulmonary edema, pneumonia, and signs of right hearted or right sided heart failure or right sided dilation of the heart, which is kind of sad. Um, if you do see heart enlargement, they do recommend an echo just to make sure that, you know, you're not going to have myocardial um, function issues or arrhythmias or any of that other stuff that can be seen from the hypoxemia and all the other fun stuff that they can get. So mm -hmm. I can talk about some of the, procedures. I know I was like, this is, the, this is the more the stuff that we think about, right. Is the procedures yeah. for this and internal medicine is definitely, well, at least in my clinic, we're definitely involved with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely do the sedated or like light plane anesthesia. So we'll do, I mean, we just, do sedate with propofol usually, yeah. but we'll do a laryngeal exam to visualize the soft palate um, and the laryngeal sac as well as the function of the larynx, make sure that there's not LARPAR going on as mm -hmm. well. Um, the soft palate should not, I repeat for our brachycephalic <laughs> breeds, should not extend past the tip of the epiglottis, <laughs> but it does. It does. It's like, it's like the, uh, soft palate wants to be in a normal sized, like a normal right? face dog. And it's like, Oh, and, there's just not enough room. Cool. Yeah. They're like, I'm just going to grow anyway. Yeah. Um, because this is the size I'm supposed to be. You bones just need yeah. to catch up. Well, not bones, cartilage. <laughs> yeah. Cartilage. I think it's cartilage and bones though. Yeah, that's true because it's their maxilla, <laughs> uh, that is just Ooh. like, Nah, like, <laughs> I'm done. I <laughs> just gives I up on growing. Looking at comparison rads, like you look at like the pugs or the or the like Frenchies oh, yeah. compared to like a German Shepherd skull rad. They never have any of those like educational skulls on like a brachycephalic. Bra <laughs> it's just like your nice like lab skulls. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's because they just fall apart. <laughs> I'm sure it's like how could it possibly stay yeah. together? But yeah. Uh, so the position of the soft palate, though, is influenced by the position of the head, um, traction of the tongue, and presence of an endotracheal tube. Um, so, I mean, a lot of times we like to measure with our laryngoscope and, yeah. <laughs> like, 
I mean, it's, it's, it's noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is long. <laughs> um, evaluation of the soft palate should be performed though without an endotracheal tube in place and with the tongue in a normal position. Um, and like I said, we'll just press down with like the laryngoscope on the tongue mm-hmm. just so we can visualize and then we'll pull out the tongue and intubate. Um, but yeah, you don't want to stretch the tongue out and use laryngoscope because it could change how you, how you, the normal position of the yeah. <laughs> soft <Yeah>. palate. <laughs> um, and then inverted laryngeal saccules are white, shiny dome shaped structures located cranial to the vo- vocal cords. Um, tonsils should also just be evaluated as well. These are like tonsils and laryngeal saccules are different. Mm-hmm. Um, but tonsils should be evaluated for the presence of redundant mucosal folds in the pharynx and the larynx. Um, I'll let you talk about surgery though, since I've never helped ah! with the surgery. <laughs> I definitely have. <laughs> I mean, I picture what, like how the surgery goes. Yeah. It's like a little nip tuck here, nip tuck there. And <laughs> it is, um, I mean, it, and it depends on the doctor, how they want to do it. So in our clinic, we kind of have both. Um, so you can do it with, um, cautery or they can do it with like scalpel and suture kind of thing. So it really just depends, but basically what you would do is, um, it me it's, it's usually we've evaluated just to confirm that yes, this dog has brachycephalic airway syndrome. How difficult is it? What are we getting into? So usually the surgery is done at the same anesthesia of, um, the evaluation, because the problem is recovering from anesthesia with a dog that has compromised airways can be life-threatening. It's very scary sometimes. So we just need to, you know, be aware of that. So one of the things too, with, with these kids is, um, Synodic nares are usually diagnosed in younger brachycephalic dogs. So usually less than two years of age. Um, and they usually have an overlong soft palate. Um, and if we, if we do the surgery before two years of age, they tend to have a, a fav- more favorable prognosis after surgical treatment. Um, so opening up the nose and doing the soft palate surgery on a younger patient is much better than an older dog who's over two years old, um, and has stenotic airways and has additional airway obstruction, because what happens is the longer that airway obstruction is going on, the more damage and inflammation and all sorts of things that are happening to the structures. So including the larynx. Because once the larynx starts having collapse from that constant um, high pressure, that becomes that becomes a poor prognostic indicator for surgery. Um, so it's it's really important to try to catch them before the damage is done to make it so that their their surgical fixing of things works best for them. So, you know, the nine-year-old English bulldog that comes in in respiratory distress potentially is not going to do well, even if they get the surgery to connect, to, to correct things. So that's just something like, and your doctors are probably the ones talking to clients anyways about that. 
that's just one of those things that they need to be aware of going into the procedure that they may just not do well. Um, so it's, it's recommended as soon as possible to do it. Um, and I think that's where, you know, general practice and, and other people that are involved with brachycephalic breeds can do better about educating and just be like, look, if we fix the problem early, we're potentially cutting off a lot worse issues in the future. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, yeah. outpatient care, like if you're not doing surgery, the only thing that we really talk about is sometimes sedation for like really stressful situations to help prevent a crisis. So acepromazine, trazodone, whatever. Yeah. Like in, in situations where, you know, the pet might be anxious, yeah. like, like 4th of July or giant party grooming, or, you know, all that stuff, or even maybe even coming into the vet. Right. So, um, so that's one thing. So surgical intervention, right? Because this is what everybody wants to talk about. <laughs> so the first part is stenotic nares. Um, about 48% of dogs that have brachycephalic airway obstructive syndrome have stenotic nares. So the small nose area, <laughs> nose holes, um, what happens is uh, it leads to secondary airway changes. So the averted saccules, laryngeal collapse, sometimes even tracheal collapse because that pressure of drawing the air in can be a problem. Sonotic nares has also been reported in cats. So we talked about it um, in, in some of the others and they can also have corrective procedures. So basically what they do is the wing of the nostril. So the outside little edge, um, basically that the, a wedge of that is removed to kind of help improve the airflow. And so, um, they kind of cut that wet, the little wedge out, and then they like suture it in. Um, the big thing with that is an e-collar should be used to prevent rubbing at it. Typically additional medical care after that is, is really not needed. It's just, I, I usually say they get their nose done. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, for an elongated soft palate. Um, so about 80% of uh, overlong soft palates are commonly found in our brachycephalic dogs and surprise, surprise, English and French bulldogs are the most common breeds with elongated soft palates. <laughs> Not sure you guys knew that. <laughs> um, so again, who would have guessed? Right? So again, the vibration of the soft palate and the pharynx induces inflammation and swelling, obstructing even more of the airway. And we can get, um, edematous laryngeal mucosa and enlarged protruding tonsils from an elongated soft palate. So for surgery for this, this is usually, um, we don't do it in a surgery suite because again, your mouth isn't sterile. We're not sterilizing the mouth. We're just making it as clean as possible. So what happens is they, they resect that soft palate so that the free border of the soft palate lines up with the tip of the epiglottis or just covering the tongue in a normal position. <laughs> um, and again, that could be done with cautery. It could be done with a laser um, or uh, like just traditional surgery. It depends on the doctor, what they feel comfortable with. Um, it's kind of crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen it where they've done this surgery, Jordan. Have you walked by? Uh, no. no. 
So I've literally never seen like any of these <laughs> surgeries like oh, ever. Man. I worked with a, I worked with a pug rescue group for a long time. So we, we called it the pug special. <laughs> uh, right. So the soft out. So usually what we'll do is we'll have them in sternal position and then their heads usually hung up between two IV poles with tape because you don't want to hold it the whole time and we want it as stable as possible. And then um, the doctors got their stuff in and they're going in the mouth and it's really crazy. The thing to remember about post-op for those guys is um, if they get really excited um, or they start panting really heavily, they can actually cause bleeding just from the trauma. So we want to make sure we keep them a nice sedated post-op at least 24 hours, usually in the hospital, just to, to keep a close eye on them. The other thing with that is depending on how bad it is or what's going on, um, especially with elongated soft palates, you may have to intubate them afterwards slash do a temporary tracheostomy tube. Just kind of Yay. <laughs> I've only had to do, I've only seen it in like one or two patients where post-op they've had to do it. And it's usually the Frenchies. <laughs> Because I feel like the English Bulldogs just chill, whereas Frenchies wake up like crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it's such like a, it's almost like a lose-lose. Like if you don't do surgery, it can be bad. If you do do surgery, even like the inflammation of doing surgery is just like, it can be traumatizing. Yeah. And I mean, my, but like you said, like, as long as you do like adequate, like post-op sedation, like usually it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. You know, the dog will never breathe as well as it does when it has an eight endotracheal tube in. So <laughs> right when they stand up and they're walking around and you're like, okay, can you swallow? And they're like, nope, nope. I'm keeping this in. Yeah. They're like, this feels too good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how uncomfortable you have to be on a daily basis to feel comfortable with an endotracheal tube in? Crazy. Like how, like yeah. versus like normal dogs, cats, and people would be like, ah, 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 get it. Uh -huh. you know, it's just like, and, and bulldogs and Frenchies are like, are just no, like cool. I can leave that in. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh. they're like, this is amazing. I know. Right. So sad. This is what it's like to get oxygen. Right. <laughs> Even their heart and their blood is like, oh, like, it's oh, all, I just it imagine all the red cells like partying, like. <laughs> Yeah. All the red blood cells are like, this is great. It's just like a hemoglobin party. They're like, yay. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's like a rave in the bloodstream. <laughs> like, uh, so the other part of brachycephalic airway obstruction sternum syndrome is the vertebral saccules. Um, again, 48% of brachycephalic dogs have this. And this is because of a prolonged history of upper airway obstruction. Again, the pressure is basically pulling the sacs out of where they're supposed to be. Um, so the mucosa of the laryngeal saccule inverts into the larynx and this causes um, even more of an issue. And it's because of high negative pressure during inspiration. The prolapsed mucosa is edematous and creates a mass in the larynx that contributes to the obstruction of the airway. <laughs> So giant mass that's not supposed to be there, just covering up even more space. Laryngeal collapse, which is kind of crazy. We're not talking tracheal, just laryngeal. 
So this um, is when the cartilage basically has been beat to crap because of the pressure. Um, this is a very advanced form of brachycephalic airway syndrome. Um, the cartilage are basically drawn where they're not supposed to during excessive inspiratory negative pressure. Um, it progresses and gets worse over time, which is really sad. So again, doing the surgery before all this happens is best. Um, so there's stages one through three, um, three being the most advanced. Um, what happens is stage one is you get some laryngeal collapse. You get a version of the laryngeal saccules into the, into the glottis area and the vacuum develops, um, that develops in the glottis results in increased inspiratory effort. Um, and it's just the inflammation and edema that happens there is bad. Stage two is even worse. Um, and what happens is the, the pharynx and the larynx actually lose some of the rigidity and collapse into the laryngeal lumen. Stage three is where, um, the car, the retinoid cartilage actually also has problems and it starts collapsing into the larynx. Um, and it's just, it's all sorts of, yeah, like it's just like, okay, now you can't, even if you could breathe, it just flattens out. So it's, uh, yeah, hopefully you catch them before this happens. Stage two, um, stage two, you can get some relief with surgery stage three. Most of the times it doesn't help. And you actually have to do a partial laryngectomy which I've never even Whoa. heard of. And that sounds even more horrible. Um, that sounds. Yeah. Crazy. And they talk about these guys <laughs> usually will need a permanent tracheostomy tube. It just sounds like, I mean, like <laughs> no hate for the breeds here. No, like, really, I mean, but I like, like humans have done a number yeah. on these like these creatures you know and it's like isn't it didn't it's they, so sad. Didn't they isn't there like a uh out outlaw or some law in england against breeding them now like the bulldogs i mean i hope so i hope so because like it's just like you don't you know it's it, like the problem is, um, is when you have irresponsible breeding of these dogs whether yeah. that's a breeder that's taught like in the top fields or a quote unquote backyard breeder. When we have inappropriate breeding of dogs that have these issues and we continue to breed them, that's on us. Like that's so that's what I mean. Like it's just, it's humans really just making it so that like natural selection takes, like if, if these dogs were in nature, like they wouldn't survive, like half of them can't even birth their own right. litters. Like it's like, I'm very passionate about this because like I tell Bailey all the time she's like oh man like I really love that we have puppies and all this stuff and like why don't we have more babies and like you know couldn't mm. Zara have puppies or whatever and I was like no I was like there are enough homeless dogs yeah. in this world that like we do not need to make more yeah. now mind you like I'm definitely not for like aborting them um but like I mean, I, I, I see the point of it and like, yes, yeah. it makes sense to me, but I'm just ugh, natural selection. Yeah. Like if these dogs could not live on their own, like they shouldn't exist. Yeah. 
And it's like, we've just damaged that breed as a whole. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy all these because, um, I don't know about your area, but in my area, like the Frenchies, the, there's like a Frenchie explosion in my area. I don't, yeah, same here. I don't know why. I mean, yes, Frenchies are cute, but they are, they have so many health problems and it's so crazy. I was talking, to, yeah, I was talking to someone and like, it's like, I really wish people were like, <laughs> before I would just go all like Jordan on people. Right. Um, like we, we read jujitsu and the owner there, he helped out. He gave me money for the puppies and all that stuff. He's like, this is great what you're doing, What a, blah, blah, blah. And so he was trying to let someone know that I had puppies. He's like, hey, you want a dog? Like, why don't you talk to Jordan? And um, so I'm telling her about the puppies and I'm telling her about how big they're going to get and stuff like that she's like oh no I really want like a little dog and I was like yeah like understandable you have a small kid and like I get that but she's like no I really want a Frenchie and I was like really she's like yeah I just love them oh she's like I especially love like little pocket ones where they like she's like I think they call them like teacup Frenchies I was like only if you want to spend fifteen thousand dollars just trying to make your dog a normal dog and and I think the sad thing is I mean they have and I was like personalities most of them have great yeah, personalities. But she had zero idea. I was trying to tell her about, I was like, they have like nose problems and breathing problems and that can lead to GI problems. And I'm telling them all, her all this stuff. She's like, I had no idea. I was like, well, clearly you haven't researched this breed like right? at all before you decided <laughs> that you wanted to go buy one. So yeah. like, thank God you haven't bought one yet. She's like, do they really have all those problems? I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, and I think I that's, like, and that's the other thing too, is there isn't that education out there. Um, so, you know, they don't no, understand that doing it, like, stuff before they go into respiratory crisis will do so much better long-term than, yeah, I mean, I agree. Cause I think in GP, like when we saw those puppy visits, like we didn't prepare our owners for like what could be and like what to watch out for to see if there was going to be respiratory No, because signs. you have 20 like, minutes tell for them, a puppy like, You know, visit. like. <laughs> Yeah. And we would tell them like, you know, Hey, like, look, the narrays look a little small. This might be a problem in the future and we'll address it then. But it's like, we never actually went over, like, you should look out to see if the dog becomes cyanotic. Um, yeah. you know, if the color of the tongue changes, if he seems overly stressed and the eyes get red. Um, well, and, and, is, like, and that's, that's a whole other kettle of fish, right? Um, yeah. If we had more time to devote to our clients for these yes. things, that would be amazing. But unfortunately we expect clients to do the research on these dogs. And and we know that doesn't happen or they get the information from the breeder. That's not as reputable. Right. And, and so very much so. And playing devil's advocate here, Hard. if I didn't, if I didn't work in this profession and if I didn't know any better, I would be very excited to just go out and buy a puppy oh, because for that sure. is my normal personality to just not really think or plan something. I mean, I just picked up a dog off the side of the road and didn't think that these dogs <laughs> would be a hundred pounds. What? So it's like, clearly my life decisions do not revolve, which is crazy for how much I obsess over like researching things. I don't research the right things. <laughs> But it's like, (laughs) I'm also very impulsive. And like, I can very much see how people are like, I'm just going to go buy a Frenchie. Who cares if I spent, you know, it's like, they're like, that's really cute. I'm going to save up my 
thousand dollars and go buy this Frenchie from a breeder because I'm assuming they're a breeder and that they do a good job and I'm paying two grand for it. It must be good quality. Like, you know, it's like, I get it. It just, and I, and it would be, it would be nice if the veterinary industry as a whole, um, had a better way of communicating things to clients. And I, and I don't, I don't know what that is. Right. Like, I mean, they make baby books. Like I read a baby <laughs> book when I was pregnant. Yeah. And, and that's, so it's the, like, that's the thing is like, they, they have stuff for new puppy owners, but it, it doesn't, but it's not always geared from a veterinary standpoint. You know what I mean? No. Cause I, th- I think though too, yes, exactly. But I think though too, it's like your job is to just keep it alive, right? <laughs> like it's just like your job is to keep it alive and to love it. Just like my job is to keep my kids alive and love yeah. them. And it's like, there's no rules as to like, well, do you take it to an emergency vet if you have a problem? Just like I take my kids to the emergency room if I have a problem. But it's like, I don't get education on my children unless a problem arises. You know, there's no like, even when Bailey had like respiratory issues, like it was just kind of like one of those things. Well, like we took her to the ER because she had respiratory problems when it just like arose. And um, I didn't get any education coming out they're like well she could outgrow it she might not and it was like that was it and I was like okay and this is and And it's like on me for not like this is why everybody googles things (laughs) because they want more information and the only place they can get it is google yeah exactly it was like I was giving a a nebulizer and they're like it could manifest into asthma it could not it could go away forever it could get worse and I'm just like what do I watch out for? And they're like, well, you brought her to the ER the first time. Watch out for that. I was like, no, I meant like before we have to come to the ER. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we have room for life's, uh, life's hard on this area. And we should probably stop, stop soapboxing. Cause, cause you, you <laughs> and I could do wrap good. Up <laughs> we could have just a whole episode on all of our soapbox <laughs> moments. Can you imagine how good of an episode that would be? It would be horrible. No one would want to listen to it. Cause they'd all be angry. <laughs> let's do a bonus bonus soapbox episode for vet tech week (laughs) we we definitely could (laughs) we can take ideas from facebook of like what we should like because you know it's like some of the soapbox moments too it's just like a one word trigger and you're like you just go go on on. i go off and i'm like like, oops sorry guys And Jordan edits some of that too. So it's not as bad. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes this, this week I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I probably won't. Edit oh it my God. It's so bad. <sighs> so, uh, people listen to our ranting for an hour. Nice. Oh my God. Uh, can you believe that? No, no. Sometimes I wonder what's wrong with everyone listening to this. Cause you guys are crazy. Like we are, so it's okay. Um, we're all like minds it's the tip of the week so this week's uh tip of the week we are saying try to in you know all the spare time that we have try to have those conversations with um owners of younger animals um that have brachycephalic tendencies (laughs) to to try yeah. to see if we can, you know, have that discussion of potential surgery um, early versus waiting until it becomes a problem. So I think, I think that's for us something we can try and work on. 
<laughs> yeah, because I feel like as veterinary technicians or nurses or assistants or whatever, that can like client education can fall on us. Please, oh, for uh, sure. see my lecture <laughs> at ACVIM where I talk about client <laughs> communication and education. <laughs> Well, that wasn't meant as a segue, but it definitely could be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause I, I mean, like there's no reason why that can't fall on us. Like obviously oh, sure. have your doctor like approve it and be like, Hey, do you care if I go educate this client on what they could potentially suspect here or the ideas that I want to run by them of what they could expect with their new puppy growing up? And it's like, I think that's a very good way because it takes it off yeah. the vet's plate. You know, like they got to worry about being a doctor. Like they have, they, there's only one of them and there's usually a couple of us at least. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we, we definitely should be able to do that stuff for sure. Ad, advocate for your own smartness and mm-hmm. just like, you know, push for you to educate clients because these are all soapboxes for all of us. Like it does frustrate oh, yeah. all of us. So let's do something yeah. about it. And now for the question of the week. What's a soapbox moment you'd like us to talk about on our bonus episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what soapbox, uh, what soapbox issue would you like us to discuss? <laughs> All right. Well, on that goofball note on apparently Jordan being sleep deprived and i don't know what my problem is (laughs) uh we're i think we're done for this episode is there anything else we need to touch on for a breaky i mean probably shouldn't (laughs) okay (laughs) true Uh, we should probably just turn it off like just (laughs) just just stop now um so yeah so let us know what uh what you want (laughs) to want us to talk about uh if you are going to the acvi acvim forum enjoy this week hopefully you guys are able to listen to some of the live lectures and then obviously jordan stuff's on demand uh if you are uh either a vts in, in internal medicine whichever flavor that is um or if you're interested in it, definitely check out the stuff that AMVT is doing this week. Um, we've got some kind of fun stuff coming up that um, is part of the forum and also some stuff that's not part of the forum, but um, definitely check them out. So the Academy of Internal Medicine for Vet Techs, um, which Jordan and I are both part yeah, of. Yeah, we are. So, um, yeah, yeah. All right, Jordan. Yay. I'm ready to head out for yep, the week. I'm gonna- I'm going to enjoy the rest of this thunderstorm um, sitting like with all my windows <laughs> open downstairs. So, yeah. nice. All right. We'll have a wonderful week. Enjoy the beginning of June. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.